Hey everyone, and welcome. This is Pop X Cast, where science fiction meets pop, pop culture. We are a geek podcast for geek cu- culture. So, are you ready to get your geek on? Sit back, relax, put on that Ninja Turtle onesie, warm up those chimichangas. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Pop, pop X Cast. To Pop X Cast, where science fiction meets pop culture. Here we go! Pop X Cast. I was born in it, molded by it. Pop X Cast. friends everybody connecting to us wherever you may be out there in the digital realms my name is joseph burke and we got Lindsay badger and mike ippolito in the hot seats tonight Lindsay, unmute your microphone and come and say hello to all the people of pop x land how you doing girl hello people of pop x land <laughs> well hello on there the inner tubes of the web the worldwide netwebs oh boy oh yes <laughs> yes yes indeed uh, so it's so good to have everybody here and hanging out with us tonight here on PopX Cast. And I'm, I'm telling you, I'm just so happy to be back, uh, being able to talk about all the cool things that, that's been going on in our worlds over the past month since we've last done a show. I can't believe a month has come and gone that quick. Can you believe it, Lindsay Badger? It's been pretty fast. Yes. Yes, Time it has. Time is not slowing down for anyone. Is it all right now? Now let, let, let's let's talk hypothetically here for a second. Okay. Is it me, or does it seem like, in light of COVID nineteen and everything that's going on, that the days are actually going by amazingly fast instead of boringly slow? I feel that they have kind of blurred together. They have gone so fast to where I don't even know what today is. <laughs> Joe had to message me and be like, "Are you coming on?" Because it's like Sunday and time. I, I, I didn't know like, what you were doing. I was like, you know, hey. Uh, <laughs> I was like, hey, if you want to be a part of the show, hey, we're doing this. <laughs> we're doing this whole live stream thing. I feel like and... I ask my husband that like every other day. I'm like, what day is it again? What, what, oh what man, planet are we on? Why do we? Is this the He's planet? My e- hand walking through life. It's the planet Earth, <laughs> and we are here live. Um, Lindsay, it is so good to see your face again here on the Pop yeah. X crew. I know you've 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 not been here in a couple of episodes. You've been doing some pretty amazing mom duties, and I got to take a second and brag on you. 
because I'm so proud of what you've been doing with your kids. Uh, they, I don't know if you guys know this, but Lindsay and her, her children have been involved in some pretty awesome extracurricular activities. And Ethan is just about ready to hit the stripe belt. Uh, did he already hit it or is he? he it, we have six days. So next weekend is the actual promotion ceremony where he gets his next stripe what? on his belt. So he will be officially a red striped rank, which That's is awesome. only two ranks away from black belt. And that guy has to make you feel so good as a mother, you oh, know, just everything he's so, doing. I'm so proud of his dedication and his hard work <laughs> that he's been putting in. And he's, he's set himself goals and he's only six years old. That's so cool. That's so awesome. And to see, Pop X is, is in a crazy family. And it's just so cool to see what you're doing on your end. And just, you know, every once in a while, I'll yeah. get a little update from you. Well, like, and, and we added a little sprinkle on top of that cake. I'm going to brag about oh, him just a little okay. bit longer. Okay. You do know we keep busy with all of our activities. So why not throw another one in the pot, right? Let's do it. We picked, he decided that he wanted to try football. So we really cute little six year old flag football, seven on seven. And his team mascot is the Hulk. Oh, and they yeah. won their first two games. Cause they played two games a night. Last Friday was their first game night and they won. So congratulations to the giants. The Giants. Not the Hulks. The Hulks, okay. So. <laughs> I'll, drink, I'll drink a bubbly to that. Cheers. I've got a, a little <laughs> nice. drink here too. <laughs> well, it's so cool, and I'm glad you're back here. So are you ready to kick off this week's uh, PopX uh, episode 109? You ready to Let's do this? Do Let's do it. All right, so I'd like to welcome everybody right now, first and foremost, joining us here in the live PopX.live room, and, and especially on Facebook Live. And I will encourage you guys to come out and hang out, share this stream, come chat with us over on Facebook. It's facebook.com forward slash popxcast. This is where the home base of the stream is. And I just love to hear from you. And at first, I'm Joseph Burke, Central Florida seasoned comic book nerd and retro enthusiast. Now, we're a part of an amazing network of creatives that are part of the creative collective. Ooh, I like that. Blurb. From a vast expanse known only as the creative multiverse. And you might see that little... Logo right there. Boom. Creative multiverse. But uh, it's pretty cool what we're doing here, and it's something new that we're trying. It's a network of creatives, and it's lightly sprinkled with talent that surpasses what our own imaginations could even fathom. For more information, head over to the Creative Multiverse on Facebook groups, and we also have our own face, uh, Instagram and Twitter accounts at the Creative Multiverse. Now, if you if you do anything in, in the artistic creative world where you draw a comic, you, you, do, you make music, you do uh, stitching. I don't. I don't know what it is. You paint. Uh, you do voiceover work. You're uh, a live streamer, broadcaster, creative. Just come and share your talent with us, and and help us grow this pool of unique individuals that are just gifted to be able I to like do something. I like calling it a, a, a consistent show and tell of yeah. whatever you there feel you is cool. Yeah. There you go. That's what I think it is. I dig that. A you consistent show and tell. I did that. Come yeah. take a look at what I did today. That's what I say it is. I dig it. I dig it. Also, I think we should have membership cards that say <laughs> the Creative Collective because that is super, that, that is rock star right there. Stamp yes. my card. I'm I'll put it my... in my wallet oh, wait, next wait, wait, to my nerd card. <laughs> Remember the old punch in the card machine? <laughs> anyway. All righty. So what's up in your world? What's going on? Oh, well, my goodness. Uh, you guys have already introduced myself, so I'll say it again. I'm Lindsay Badger. I hang out over in the Midwest as your geek yogi. So um, 
the last episode that I wasn't on, but you guys got to hang out with some cool peeps. Anyways, if you missed it, make sure you go watch it. Episode 108, Hope During a Crisis. Mm-hmm. Check out our official website at popxcast.com for that episode and all the other great shows in our collective archive of super geekies. And while you're checking out all of our stuff, make sure you head over to Google Play or iTunes after tonight's show and click on that subscribe button so you can make sure you get all the notifications for all the geeky good stuff that we put out. And you can catch up on all the archived shows there as well. And if you wouldn't mind giving us some love and throwing down a cute little review and some five-star ratings, that would be super amazing as well. Indeed. I tell you why we got a really cool show lined up for you guys this uh, this particular weekend. We have Michael French coming up from Retro Blasting, and he is no stranger to Pop X. I believe, if no. I'm not mistaken, this will be his fourth time coming Four. back on the show here. He'll be here in about uh, 15 minutes or so. But before that, we got Pop X news. Don't go nowhere. We'll be right back. Extra, extra. Read all about it. This is Pop X News. Coming to you live, right here on popxcast.com. I have no idea. That is so funny. Look at the guy in the background. He's just, oh, look, newscast. Oh, wow. So what, what are we doing here? What are we throwing up? I, don't know. I, just, I, don't know. I want to get a part of that. Anyway. So leading off. <laughs> look at that. Mandalorian. Love it. All right, so after a critical box office failure of the Justice League in 2017, fans around the world have campaigned to have Zack Snyder's actual version of Justice League released by Warner Brothers Pictures. And now, they're getting their wish. Announced earlier this month, Zack Snyder's Justice League will arrive exclusively to HBO Max in 2021. Now, Warner Brothers was willing to pay upwards of 20 to $30 million dollars to realize Zack Snyder's original uh, vision that he had for the film. Now, we have a little work to do, Zack admitted, and it's unclear how far along the film it is, and he's in deep enough to have evidence of Darkseid's presence and, you know, coincide with the launch of HBO Max. Zack Snyder tweeted that the first fuzzy image of Zack Snyder's Darkseid, and we got to see that. It's on his Twitter. It's He's kind of far away, but it's his version and his rendition of what Darkseid would be. And uh, pretty interesting stuff. If you haven't seen the image, go check it out. But the film will be broken down into six approximately 40-minute mini-episodes, which will give it a complete runtime of four hours. Mm. Boom. So it sounds like they're making it an episodic adventure. Sounds like Lord of the Rings. It sounds like it's... <laughs> yeah, the director's cut's like four hours and 15 minutes. It's like crazy. But... Um, I'm pretty excited. How are you? How do you? All right. Now let's go back to 2017. The version that we saw in the movies was kind of a stinker. I'm not going to yeah, lie. We were, I had mixed feelings because there was so much hype and yeah. we already had an established love for all of the characters anyways. Mm-hmm. Well, all except that. But anyways. I, um, <laughs> no, I, I totally, that was, that was I get what you're saying though. It was, it was not a very well polished film and it felt very rushed. Uh, the CG was okay yeah. in some parts, but I don't think we was have all this legacy build up with Wonder Woman <laughs> and Henry Cavill as Superman, and then we hit Justice League, and it's just like that's not Superman. Superman's not some kind of like robotic idiot running around trying to kill his own crew, you know? 
but we'll see. And I'm I'm hopeful for Zack Snyder's vision because they just said 2021. So is it going to be before or after the Wonder Woman movie releases? Probably coincide. I'd say it'll coincide. I was just wondering how many you know Easter nuggets they're going to kind of wiggle in there. Well, it's it's they'll they'll marketed the heck out of it, you know it. And I want to give Hannah Black a big shout out right now. We got Gabe Salcedo in the house. Hannah, it's good to see you. Hannah, Hannah, Gabe. And Gabe, Gabe, our very own art connoisseur himself. Oh my gosh. If you guys haven't seen Gabe's art of Gabe. Photoshop artistry, it's you guys amazing. need to go look him it's up. In, it's enlightening. Will get a giggle. It will change your life. All right, Lindsay, I'm going to take this next one here because I kind of yes. think this is in my wheelhouse and then deserves. I'm going to let you have it. Yes. Uh, Call of Duty 2020 reportedly called Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War won't have a battle royale mode, or at least that's what's the new report that came out and the claims that are saying it. Now, according to the report, because of Call of Duty 2020 will not have its own battle royale mode, Call of Duty Warzone will be integrated into the installment. Very interesting. And will likely be accessible right from the game's menu for anyone who already has it downloaded on their PS4, Xbox One, or PC. Or if you are listening, mark your calendars. June the 3rd, PS5 is announced, and on June the 4th, you will be able to pre-order your PS5. This household is very much on pins and needles. For this that this household is is it, is ready for the PS5. Like it's cooler than New Year's. You know? Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, I think that that is a very good call for Call of Duty to <laughs> do that with their title. because see what you did there. The uh, Battle Royale play style is super popular across oh, yeah. all platforms and Guilty. all titles. I know Joe is huge on that. Some people not so much, but I mean, hello, has anybody heard of Fortnite? Yeah. That's, that is Battle well, PUBG, Royale. PUBG was the actual yeah. originator of the Battle Royale Fort, and, and then so, Fortnite kind of came along and just like like blew it out of the water. In then order Call for of Duty. them to stay relevant, they, they almost are required. To yeah. Do this move, so. yeah, I, I, I like the battle royale. I like the, the fact of of going into a map where there's 152 players and you have to survive to beat the number one. I well. like those odds. <laughs> That's why I keep coming back. It's so dick unpredictable, and uh, just so much. But anyway, I'm really excited for Black Ops Cold War. Um, I think it's going to be really awesome, and it, they're going back to the 80s in this installment. So hopefully, we get some nostalgia in there as well, and I'm, I'm pretty excited for that. Well, I'm I'm not a first person shooter, but you know that that punk game that's coming out. Yeah, punk punk drag. Yeah, yeah. Cyberpunk. That yeah. one. That one. I'm I'm down for. Right and, now, it's uh, Animal Crossing. All Animal day. Crossing. That's what my wife is playing. Animal, Animal Crossing. Crossing. I am one of those people. I'll okay. just hear in the background. It'll be real quiet in the house, and I'll just hear. I'm like, oh my um, god, she's either I buying hum, something or selling something right now. I hum all of the KK Slider songs. He's like good. my favorite band right now. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> moving on. Uh, DC Comics has made several changes to its schedule and distribution methods due to the coronavirus pandemic, and they are continuing to adapt and make more changes. The reprint issues of oh, in the facsimile and the dollar comic lines as 22 issues between the two brands have been canceled. So they're doing a little bit of spring cleaning. As they are. Out. Yeah. Um, the majority uh, come from the dollar comics line with 18 books canceled and the other four are made up of the facsimile. 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 
facsimile. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> those titles include Batman, Catwoman, Green Lantern, The Flash, Wonder Woman, Dark Knight's Metal, and more. No reason has been given for the cancellations, but it seems most likely these releases were deemed non-essential for the current marketplace. I'm going to say sales sucks. Mm. Just yeah. to put that one in a nutshell for you. Yeah. <laughs> if it costs more to produce than it is actually making money, get out of here. I, you know, it's it's really do interesting. Do you read any of these books, Joe? I, I do, actually. I do get a couple of these. I'm on the Flash and on the Batman uh, subs. Well, they call it in the comic book world, subs. So when you sub for something, they put it in your folder. And when you come into the store once a week, you got your subs ready to go. And you just, instead of going straight to the wall where all the comics are, you just, the guy will pick out your stuff out of the folder and there's your stuff. Um it's really interesting what's going on with DC Comics, and I'm just going to spend a brief moment on this. Uh, DC has decided to pull from Diamond Distributors. Now, if I don't know if you guys know anything as what's going on here, but Diamond Distributors is one of the largest manufacturers of comic books on the planet, and they not only uh, they they don't they don't do the printing, they do the distribution exclusively. And so, Diamond Distributors uh, has been handling DC and Marvel and Dark Horse and IDW and all the indie stuff for years. And all of a sudden, DC decides to pull from Diamond and go to another third-party distributor. Oh. And it kind of created a little bit of a conundrum because, you know, DC wanted to get their books in people's hands because they felt, hey, we're in the middle of a pandemic here. We want our people to be able to read. And Diamond's right. like, they, we shut the whole industry, the factory down. And DC's wanting to get their content out there. So there was a little bit of a conundrum there, but... Um, I, you know what? At the end of the day, I don't think it's a wrong move because I think DC is really wanting to try to get their content out there. And, I, you know, well, and, and comic book industry has been kind of struggling in general anyways, before even any of this stuff was happening. Correct. Right? Yeah. I mean, so, well, we have, thankfully, we have movies that are in the films that are driving the purchase and sales of comic books. I don't think if it was the, for the film industry, um, we wouldn't have that drive for kids to go into the comic shops and buy their books. Now, that is a two-handed thing because when the film industry stops, which is what we're going to be getting to later tonight, mm -hmm. it stops not only the cons and the conventions and the, the films and the, and the local comic book shops. <laughs> it's a All trickle it. effect that really has a, a massive effect on the industry as a whole. And that's the whole purpose of Crisis on Infinite Continents tonight. We want to talk about that. But um, moving on here. Uh, so the next one coming up, the campy sci-fi classic Flash Gordon is finally getting a proper home video release it deserves. Based on the comic strip of the same name by Alex Raymond, the movie directed by Mike Hodges starring Sam J. Jones and featuring the epic soundtrack from the rock band Queen was a bit of a box office flop back in 1990 and attempted to capitalize on the popularity of the sci-fi film in the wake of success of Star Wars. But now... The movie is considered a cult classic, and it's getting a proper 4K restoration and will be released on 4K UHD Blu-ray DVD on August the 3rd in the UK and August 26th here in the States. There will be a single double disc and a five disc release, which will also contain the documentary Life After Flash, original Queen soundtrack, three booklets, and the original movie poster song as a patch. That is a heck of a box set right there. Look at that box set. I know. I'm just like drooling over the, the beauty right? of all of the 
geeky goodness that's in that picture right now. I know. I, I'm sitting here looking at it. And I'm like, man, that's a lot that, of really cool you stuff. Know what, Joe? Yeah. That patch belongs on your jacket or your vest. Aww. You need you need Flash Gordon. Every kiss vest. begins with K. All right. Anyway, uh, thank you. <laughs> you know what? I may actually have to have to, as we say in Kentucky, down and buy it. I may have to get it. I may have to do it. All right, Lindsay, you got the last headline of the week, girl. All righty. A little bit of CBS All Access. It announced that it has ordered Star Trek Discovery spinoff title Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Wow. Okay. We're getting a little crazy with our Star Trek. This is in your wheelhouse. A little campy. It's getting a little campy. I don't know. This this picture. To barely go. The new Star Trek series will follow Captain Christopher Pike and the rest of the crew of the USS Enterprise in the decade before the original Star Trek television series. The new series will bring back the cast from the second season of Discovery. Anson Mount returns as Captain Christopher Pike. Rebecca Romjan? Roman? Roman. Roman. We're just going to go with that. We'll, we'll reprise her role as number one. Number one. Uh, Ethan Peck will return as science officer Spock. Though not the first one, Pike was the captain of the famed Enterprise in DC 1701 before James T. That's true. Since Captain Pike debuted in season two of Star Trek Discovery, fans have been clamoring for a new show about the Enterprise captain. They'll now get just that as Pike's voyages will continue in the new series. Let me just say Anson Mount as Pike is a great role for him. I, I just love he seeing him like as Pike. He was made for, for yeah, the captain. Right? I mean, he's a good Pike. And speaking of a good Pike, we have an amazing Pike right here. That's actually Mr. Michael he's, French. How you doing, buddy? Tapping into that audio right now. <laughs> yes, he's connecting. But, um, I have I I have not tapped into the world of discovery mm-hmm. yet so i'm not familiar with that cruise timeline and storyline yet so i don't have any relationship with the strange new worlds it's going to be put yeah. on the list well i think it's, i think it's a really cool thing though that we're even getting spinoff series on star trek in the first place i know i'm just happy about it so cbs all access it sounds like to me you've got it going on all right, so before we talk to the guy down here in the window, Mr. Michael French from Retro Blast, hey, dude. Is he, is he here? Can he hear us? He's trying to figure it out. Michael? Is he here? Hello? <laughs> He's trying to figure it out. Anyway. You want to go into the hit it? Yeah, I'm going to go into the hit it of the week. And uh, so this week's hit it. Let me play this music right here. And, and now it's time for Pop X's. <laughs> of the week all right hit it of the week is pretty cool this week uh i'm going to be showcasing a little something that i've had the honor and blessing of being a part of and this is uh, my first ever illustration that i've done as a children's book now i the reason i'm sharing this tonight is not because i did all the artwork in this that's not about me but it's kind of the message (laughs) about what is behind the book and what the book means um samantha conversations with samantha the, the name of this book is Love Your Skin, Conversations with Samantha. And Samantha is an actual real girl here in Central Florida. And uh, her mother is black of Haitian origin, if I'm not, Jamaican origin. Excuse me. Sorry, Patricia. You'll, you'll slap me when you see me. And the father is, is, is Caucasian. 
And so the child is growing up in an environment in school where she's trying to figure out and find her identity. And I think it's so relevant in where we are today as society, especially with the news and the craziness that's going on. And I just, I love it because this is a heartfelt story of a girl coming into her own and trying to figure out who she is. And it's pretty cool. You can check it out uh, over on Amazon. If you, if you just get on Amazon and just type in conversations with Samantha, Samantha, love your skin. You'll find it. But uh, the artwork is really rad. Uh, I had a really great time actually trying to draw Samantha there. Let's see if I can get the light. There we go. But uh, it's pretty cool. And I, I had a, just a blast being able to do it. And uh, the artwork is is probably one of the most challenging things that I've ever had to do as an artist is being able to capture the innocence of a child as she's trying to understand where she at and where she's at and where she fits into the picture in the scheme of things of her life. So check it out. This is the hit of the week. My first illustration is pretty rad. I think you guys are going to enjoy it. And with all of that said, Michael French, is he here? I am. Can you hear me? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> um, Joe, I just put the link to that book in the chat on the Facebook page. You are a rock star badge. Thank you. Wow. If anybody wants to check I'm it. telling you, man. And look at this. All four windows is rocking here on the PopX live stream. We are looking Beautiful. fine. Mighty fine. So, uh, Mike, I want to say a huge thank you so much for setting this up with Mr. French here that we have the amazing view of Holy cow! I just want to sleep there for a while. I just I just realized I had to change my my uh, position <laughs> of my computer because I was using a dedicated HD cam for the stream, but Zoom wouldn't give me the ability to change the setting to the video camera. So well, it's looking pretty. Fun. It's pretty looking pretty legit, Mike. I'm All not right, gonna lie good. to you, man. But uh, <laughs> it's been a while, Michael, since we've actually had a chance to 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 talk. And 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 mm -hmm. my my buddy Mike over here, we were actually discussing. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, just how this pandemic has affected multiple industries across multiple boards, yeah. if you will. Yeah. And you were one of the people that actually came to mind because I know that you have attended Dragon Con many times and done many panels for a lot of the patrons there. Yeah. And I, you, know, I, you are actually one of the first people that came to my mind about how this pandemic is affecting all of us to some extent. Whether it's in the film industry, no films are coming out, no comic right. book. No, when we're just now getting books back in the comic shops, thankfully. Yep. And it's just, it's a triple effect. And there for like 60 days, everything was on pause. Mm -hmm. And we're, we are slowly starting to open up, but only some states. Not every state right yep. now is, is where we are in Florida. Right. And so I want to, I guess the opening question is, and we're just going to kind of round, round table this here tonight with you, if, if you, if you don't mind. How has this affected you? I know that you got you're a, you're you are a productive creative. You do things. Oh, thank you. you do things so intricately. That's yeah. why I, that's why I like you so much, Michael. But how has this affected you? I mean, what has this affected your flow? Any? I had a I had a very telling conversation with uh, with my mother of all people just a few days ago uh, that touches on this a little bit, and I, I'll try and truncate it. Uh, my mom and I. Uh, have a very close uh, relationship, uh, always have. We're, my, my brother and my dad are the two similar ones, and my, I got a lot of my genes from my mom, so we get along real well. And uh, back in August, uh, I had just quit my job. I said, I'm, I'm tired of 12 years in corporate America, and 
I'm over it and wow. I'm done and I quit. That's and a big step. yeah, yeah. Huge. It, yeah, it, it really was. And it was impromptu. And uh, I don't want to belabor the point too much, but all that to say that uh, I stepped out into the big wide world of going to do this YouTube thing full time for a year and see how far I can grow it because I've already been doing it for eight. Seven, seven at the time, seven years, seven and a half. And I said, now's the time. Melinda agreed with me. Now's the time we're going to do this. And I said, great. She kept her job, of course, because she's in healthcare. So obviously she ain't going nowhere. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I uh, stepped out there and I really started doing the full-time thing. And uh, my, my uh, audience was growing and the revenue was growing. And, and we did not see this lockdown coming no mm -hmm. no one could no one could have seen that happening right right and uh i was booked for a number i had already been booked for a number of events before i'd made the decision i had i, I was getting uh very kind invites from uh, uh toy conventions all across you know the east coast and i was uh scheduling them and i was gonna you know be there and do presentations and, and all that kind of stuff um, and those are not paid gigs, but those are just exposure gigs. You know, you get to meet your audience and you get to hopefully expand your audience, and build good relationships with people who sell toys and, and run events and all that stuff. Um, so we get to March or it happened in March or April of this year, whenever the, the whole well, lockdown. Mid-March. Mid-March, mid yeah. Uh, I had really... You know, I was really feeling good about everything that, that had occurred. Um, and then the lockdown happens and everything goes into a tailspin. Now, I'm talking to my mom about this just a few days ago. And they had just announced, uh, she heard the news that despite everybody staying safe at the old company I had worked for, 1,500 people were permanently laid off as part of this. In other words, they've just announced that, that we, when we come back online, 1,500 of you aren't coming back. And I had been telling my mom for months, like, you know, I feel like I made the right decision, but, you know, now that the world is in crisis, maybe that wasn't a smart idea. And, and my mom told me, you know, she said, I just learned on the news that 1,500 people from your company are, are not getting their jobs back. She's like, Gosh. and you you left back in August before this was even a blip on the radar and you already had a side channel that you'd grown for eight years and you've grown it even more in the last eight months and you're doing really well for yourself and the internet's not going anywhere. So unless Google decides to shutter YouTube tomorrow, which is very unlikely, the internet is still doing okay. And this is the new economy. Mm. And uh, so all that to say that when I was getting the cancellations coming in from the toy events and Dragon Con and all of those things, it's, it's a massive blow to the people that depend on that income on yeah. a yearly annual basis, for sure. And also people who uh, their income is based on them having a booth yeah. at an event like Dragon Con. Mm -hmm. I, I humbly confess that for me, uh, I've, I've walked some kind of balance beam. I've threaded the needle. I've, I've, I have, I'm in a spot where the only thing that affects my day on a day-to-day -day basis is 
how annoying is it going to be to have to run to Rite Aid to get some allergy medicine now? Because, oh. you know, like, we'll have to wear a mask. We'll have to do this. Yeah. How often do I have to go? You know, that kind of thing. But otherwise, I'm here. I'm making content. I don't have as many events to go to this year. But that just means I have more weekends where I'm not being interrupted. And I just keep working on videos. Yeah. Um, but I want to I want to address your question the way you want it, want it answered. So as far as the, the events are concerned from, say, a different perspective, what questions do you have or have I answered it? I'm not really sure if I have. No, you've answered it. And, and, and I love the fact, just to tag on to the end of what you were talking about there, in this time, you said that you have been more creative and, and, and using more outlets and just kind of using this time. To, nothing's really changed in, in right. your creative process. You're just more focused on that one thing. Yeah. And, you know, I, I got to kind of echo a little bit. Uh, I was kind of worried about some of the freelance stuff that I've been doing lately. And I'm just like, man, yeah. this, this pandemic is going to put a hurt on me. Bills aren't going to be paid and I'm not going to be able to, yeah. you know, my wife got furloughed for three and a half weeks cause she's a registered nurse. Wow. And so, well, I, I shouldn't say furloughed. She actually got laid off for two weeks. Uh, and, as but, a nurse? That's as a-, a nurse, because here's the thing. She's an outpatient nurse. And so oh, she does those um, non-emergency yes. procedures. And right. so she doesn't work in an actual hospital environment. She's the uh-huh. one that um, awakes the patients up when they're coming out of anesthesia. Gotcha. Um, but there was some there was some turmoil there, and there were some moments where I was just really kind of on panic mode. And then all of a sudden, I, we're talking maybe the end of March. Uh, we went the first two weeks were kind of rocky. And all this stuff started coming through, emails and texts. Hey, I need this logo. Can you do this? And what I mm-hmm. found was, is more people are adapting to that internet way of life and needing a brand and needing something to to represent them. And I'm right. like, holy cow, it was it for me, it was kind of like a little bit of a, I don't want to say a jackpot or a gold mine, sure. but it was a it was a yeah. blessing. I'm, I'm very humbled and thankful for that. But at the same time, I'm I'm there's there's part of me that's really active and creative. And then the yeah. the the side where I'm the men's ministry director at my local church, uh-huh. um there is no church right now. So right. Um, I am literally just kind of going through the motions with that. But, yeah. you know, I'm in terms of creativity, it's there. And I like what you said about that. So, well, yeah. And to add on a little bit for you, uh, to, to Joe's comments, uh, a lot of people are so busy going, 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 going. This kind of forced them to stop right? and get to that. I'll get to it later checklist. Yes. So the, the branding, rebranding is like, oh, well, it's not, that's like cosmetic, not necessary. So now they're kind of like having the time to think through all of those complicated things as well. So that's probably where you're seeing some of that coming into place. It's like, oh yeah, we needed to redo that or update that, or maybe the website needs a new graphic and we have the time to do that now, you know, (laughs) that kind of stuff. So that's probably where some of that thought process is coming. Let's, let's hear from the other mic in the window here, Mr. Mike Ippolito. Mike, uh, so do you have anything for Michael in terms of like this pandemic and pop culture world? Well, we just, uh, you know, we keep in contact on a fairly regular basis. Oh, I know. So it's, uh, you know, so we, we have a lot to talk about. Um, but just for my perspective, I've kind of seen, you know, both sides of, you know, the way the cons work. You know, I've been I've been a fan of the seat and we spent uh, a weekend up in South Carolina. You know, I was kind of like on the other side, you know, to see how things actually worked. 
you know, and, and just to see the amount of people that show up. And my thing is, you know, where do we, you know, where does it kind of go from here? You know, mm. what happens now when you got, you know, something like Dragon Con coming up in, you know, in just a few months and they've already canceled San Diego, you know, and. Is, is Dragon Con still a go right now in, in Atlanta? No, they said it was, but I don't foresee it lasting. I mean, unless you've heard differently. I, I if if they if they keep it going for this year, I can't imagine attendance is going to be as high as it would be in previous no. years because wow. you know at least I'd say forty to fifty percent of people are going to be cautious to the point that they're yeah. not going to get out in a big crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my prediction. I don't. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a, that's what my my kind of my point is. You know, you just you have just all these people showing up. So you kind of see, you know, from, from both sides of it, you know, being, being there and then being on the backside of, you know, seeing all these people, you know, and now how, how much is that going to change, you know, and when you, how do you social distance, you know, Mm. people at a con when you have, you know, 20, 30,000, you know, 40,000 people roaming through the, you know, the hallways of a hotel or. I do think it's an opportunity. And I and I I say it's an opportunity for people who are in the maker movement because they're mm. very they have a lot of ingenuity, and I think they could raise the cosplay game immensely this year by developing actual like breathing Darth Vader helmets with their own oxygen supplies and breathing stormtrooper helmets where <laughs> you can wear a helmet where you're also using your own filter, filter filtered air yeah and then speaking through the speakers I think the level of authenticity. Yes. That would be added to that would be now, that would be pretty healthy. pretty yeah. freaking rad if I do say <laughs> yeah. so myself. Yeah. But, you know, Mike, uh, Mike, uh, you you bring up a really good suggestion though. Uh, it, it's really interesting because when you think of Dragon Con, you think of what thousands of people conglomerated into a giant hall, exhibition yeah. hall, if you will. And there's there's two th- there's two points of interest here that come up right in the back of my brain. What is the big driver for a con? Mm-hmm. It's the celebrity panels. Mm-hmm. And the celebrity photographs, right? Yep. If you don't have those two things intact, I mean, no offense to any of the uh, the, the people that's in the exhibition hall trying to sell the merch. Right. I mean, that's just a secondary part of it. Right. But you know, your 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 guests, the people doing the discussions and the panels, that is your meat and potatoes. That is your heart, your driver. Yeah. Now, how do you honestly? You may still have the panels, but you may have to cut that interaction point when you do the photography. Right. You know, right. and so Mike, Michael, what is your what are your thoughts on that? Do you how do you think going forward that these things? I mean, it was heartbreaking to hear San Diego Comic Con cancel after what the forty years consecutively or something like that. How many years have yeah. they been doing it? Uh, yeah, I think it's been about 40, 40 plus, something yeah. like that. When it started off as just a little comic book swap meet, something yep. like that. Uh, not trying to be sarcastic, but uh, Comic Con, you know, maybe it's good that Comic Con takes a break. Because I had the fortunate experience out of nowhere at the last minute of going to Comic-Con last year. Okay. Uh, it was one of the last things I did. And it was for my job, actually, before I left. Um, I think they knew that they had run me to the ragged edge of sanity. And they were trying to throw me a bone to, like, keep me. I don't know. But uh, so I go. And I'm, I'm doing my work a little bit. But then I got free time you know, to look around. And, everything like that. and I got to be honest. Like, having been to dragon con number of years having been to emerald city comic-con in seattle having been to a number of these places um i found comic-con to be impressive in its scope but 
impressive in a corporate kind of way. Like it's a big trade show, mm-hmm. big, big, big trade show. They get big names there for press junkets and everything like that. But yeah, like Dragon Con, for example, far more fan run. The costuming was far superior and the places you could costume were far more comfortable at dragon con most of the people at comic-con are out in the street in really because yeah because they're because the the civic center or whatever it's called the the convention center closes at like five or six and then everyone's kicked out into the street anyway so there's nowhere to stand there's nowhere to go and they are constantly ushering you through don't stand here you can't sit by this pole can't go here go into the vendor hall well there's no room in the vendor hall yeah, wow. there's 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 no room in the vendor hall. That to sounds move. like Walt Disney World on a July afternoon. <laughs> it it really is. It is it is Walt Disney World on a July uh, afternoon. That's a great way to describe it. And I'm not saying that, like, if you love merchandise and you love exclusives and you love trying to get into a panel where you can hear people not talk about a movie because they can't talk about it because it's a year from being released, mm. then I guess Comic Con is for you. But I found Comic-Con to be very anticlimactic. And I think that I'm not saying that the loss of money and revenue for vendors and people who plan to go there is good. But if we're going to experience an adjustment, like culturally, globally, and everybody finds a new normal, Comic-Con definitely needs to be, and the, and the movie industry in general, mm-hmm. they both need to find a new normal. I think, I think the movie industry which uses Comic-Con heavily now, has been on cruise control for mm. a few years. And they need, they need to, you know, they need a reset. They need something to shake them up. It's really you interesting know? you say that, Michael. Uh, I, I go back to E3. Mm-hmm. Everybody saw the writing on the wall with E3. Yeah. I mean, and how much steam E3 was losing over the past five years. It just seemed uh-huh. like year after well, year. Well, even Sony wasn't even signed up to show oh, up this no, this Sony, year. Oh, no, Sony wasn't going to reveal all. any of their products on the PS5 at E3 at all. And I don't even think Nintendo um, was, Nintendo, Nintendo wasn't even show there. show up. They always yeah. do their treehouse thing or whatever. And so right. E3, <laughs> let's go back maybe eight, nine years ago. E3 was like the big thing for tech. Uh-huh. Uh, and now it, we're, we're into an industry where everybody's doing the Apple Apple yeah. brand where they hold their own press conference and they do their own thing, and it's more of an impact in society. A lot right. more virtual. But I say all of that to say this. You know, E3 this year, as we all know, it was kind of like the, it was – it wasn't it didn't even happen, first and foremost. But right. at the same time, if it wasn't for the pandemic, would it have still had happened anyway? Sure. There wasn't a lot of hype surrounding it like there was in previous years that I feel like. Well, Even you know, the big it. heavy hitters moved out. All they yeah. had was Microsoft, yeah. from what I understand. Yeah. And and they were just there as maybe just a, a vendor booth in the side somewhere. But I, I give the E3 analogy to San Diego Comic-Con because it kind of raises a question. And I like what you said, Michael. Is like, is it time for, for San Diego Comic-Con to just have a pause and mm-hmm. reset and refocus yeah, and, and have this season of just kind of like, all right, you, instead of just pushing all this stuff into mass media and, and all this, what about just rebranding and restructuring and figuring out exactly what our core is? And yeah. I, I like that. I like how you mentioned that about, I had never been, I've never been to San Diego Comic-Con. I never have. I've only been the one time. Yeah. And, and, and I'm not exaggerating when I say like the biggest things outside built, built up outside the convention center that year. Um, 
wasn't superhero related, wasn't comic book related, wasn't science fiction related. It was a huge feature promotional edifice for Brooklyn Nine-Nine and another one for Superstore, the two comedies. Interesting. I love Superstore. Uh, they're, they're great shows, but mm-hmm. they're not... Really random, though. <laughs> yeah, and, and I, I realized, I went, oh, Comic-Con is now just Comic-Con in name only for the most part, it is really just the Cannes Film Festival 2.0. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know. Um, That's very unfortunate to hear that too. Yeah, when you go inside the vendor hall, you know, you see Hasbro and Mattel and Bondi all trying to hawk their wares and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. The big, the big Funko Pop booth that I wanted to just set on fire. Uh, but, <laughs> we, won't, but, we won't talk about Funko Pops. Not okay, on great. Show. Yeah. Um, the inaction figure. Uh, but, but you... You know, you, you see all that and it's very like uh, validating because you go, okay, this feels a little bit more like Comic-Con and there's some comic vendors and autograph vendors. But once you, once that's done and you've walked the floor. Then that's it. Yeah. It's like I either go outside in the heat, pay for temporarily overpriced food from the restaurants that are all getting flooded and watch yeah. people in costumes sweat themselves into their boots because they're all standing outside on, on, the pavement oh, uh, man. Or, or i uh you know go back to my hotel room and wait for tomorrow right. you know so that yeah. sounds real really lackluster again <laughs> i could be totally wrong and yeah. there are people who've said to me no man you got to get into those panels and you gotta you know oh you want to fight those <laughs> long lines to maybe get into a panel yeah. where somebody like i don't know gal gadot or somebody who's you know gonna play wonder woman in the sequel is up there and she's there and it's like, wow, I'm in a room with Wonder Woman. And then they ask her about Wonder Woman 2, and she and the director spend an hour talking around the whole movie because they're legally obligated not that to say anything. Give you anything good. Yeah, so what What did I fight that line for, for that? Mm. It's, it, it's also, they can get footage. I'm not trying to be jaded, but it's true. It's also the movie industry can get footage from the other direction of the audience clapping and cheering to say, look at the hype around this movie. Mm. But it's wow. all wow. It's all bait and switch. It's all an yeah. illusion, you know? Yeah, I, get I, have, it. I have a question that's going to shift gears just slightly off of yeah. comments. Um, toys, since that's what you're into, uh, how has the marketplace changed since this quarantine and people getting furloughed and all of the, the drama? Have people been like panic selling and have you been scoring anything good that you think you might not have before then? That, that is a, that's a great question. Um, I don't know if you ever heard that, that joke <laughs> about if, if a politician gets asked a question and they say good question, then that means it's a question they don't have an answer ready for, but they don't want you to feel like you're, you have no agency. Whereas <laughs> if they say great question, it's one they've had on a piece of paper in their back pocket and they're ready to answer it. Oh, uh, yeah. It's a, it's a psycho, it's a psycho, it's a psychological <laughs> thing though. It's weird. Like people do it in like just normal non political people do it as well. I've caught myself going good question. And then when someone says something that I, I, I really recognize I have an answer for, I go, Oh, great question. Then I go, Oh man. Um, so I have a buddy named Matt Swafford who runs uh, Reclaimers Vintage Toys on Instagram. He's been a seller of toys for a long, long time. And I have another buddy named Seth Hastings who runs Plastic Galaxy in Oklahoma City. He's a toy seller. Yeah. 
here I am. Oh, well, you got to go. You got to go visit Plastic Galaxy. He's not just online. He has a storefront. He's, he's a really cool guy. Um, and uh, I've met both of these guys in person. I've Matt went with me to Retro Toy Con in South Carolina. We, we drove up there together. Um, and Mike, cool Mike, you met him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's, he's a cool guy. Yeah. He's a cool guy. Matt, uh, he said that, uh, you know, the, the collections that are being sold right now are online and uh, elsewhere. You are correct in your assumption. People are starting to offload things. And so things are coming back onto the market. Uh, I just purchased from Matt. Um, there was a collection of action figures. They were metal called Eagle Force that came out in the very early 80s, before, right before G.I. Joe. They were Mego's last gasp. Amigo died and um they they're not terribly hard to find but they're hard to find complete and they're hard to find as a complete set he found a complete set just up for sale for pennies on the dollar uh and i was like i want that and he was like great because i gotta do a video they had the card backs you know they were open but they had the card backs and everything yeah um I'm trying to think. I have a feeling uh, someone was doing some spring cleaning with that one and found them in a box somewhere. Maybe. You might be right. <laughs> uh, but uh, things like that are happening. Matt has told me that the stuff that's coming up for for him to be able to acquire is really startling right wow. now. Yeah. See, yeah. that's amazing. I mean, you know, we're talking about this whole industry as we know it, things that we love. I mean, we're all here connected for one reason. We're actually producing a show based around the content and the media and, and the figures and the books mm -hmm. that we love. And it's just really interesting, you know, just to hear and have a, have an open ended conversation about crisis and how this, this pandemic has just literally affected all the, the communities and, and the mm -hmm. media and the content, the film industries of all, when the, when the film industry started pulling back and, and black widow was pushed back to 2021 and, I was just like, man, I was just kind of like, wow. I think for me, that was when, when I realized that it was really getting real. This is, this is nothing fake. This is something that's really affecting the economy as we know it. And it's affecting everything that I know and love. And right. see, pop it's not just going to last a week. It's going to last no, for and, a long period of time. And you know, it's actually funny that you say that, Lindsay. I was actually sidetracked for a second. I was at a doctor's visit this past week with one of my physicians up in Gainesville, Florida. And I asked him very candidly, I was like, doc, when is this thing really going to end? I was like, when can I go back to the gym again? And when can I start, you know, doing things I like doing? And he's like, well, to be honest with you, by the time we reach Thanksgiving, they're going to have another curve up. And I'm like, what? He's like, it's going to happen. He said, it has to happen. And he said, then it's going to do this effect. And he said, then finally that, that thing is going to go like this and it's going to go flatten and it's going to start going down. He said, by the time it starts going down, he said, we're predicting June of 2021. And I'm just sitting there like, <gasps> I'm not lying. And this is coming from one of the lead uh, lead medical doctors at University of Florida, Gainesville. And, and I'm just sitting here like, and this is my doctor that, that, that helps me out with a lot of things. And it's just really, for me, it kind of set me back because of my whole life is evolved around... You know, I love reviewing movies. I love going to a cinema, grabbing some popcorn and having soda with my guys and, and watching the latest flick on the, on, on the big screen. And that's kind of like the whole experience for me. Now that's gone and Pop X is having to learn how to adapt. How do we, how do we be more creative in the shows that we produce instead of just doing film reviews, you know, having people like yourself, Michael, and then Hannah Black on who was on the last episode 
who is a seamstress and a former Disney cast member here. Well, she is yeah. a Disney cast member, but she's been furloughed for a little while. Right. But she's making the face masks for all the people who are, have disabilities that can't get out and buy right. a mask. Right. And this is really cool. I mean, we're learning to adapt amidst crisis. But I, I say all that, and I kind of circle back to what my original, my original thought was. Everything that we love has come to a pause. And everything that we, we know, I love going to a Comic-Con. I love, not a Comic-Con, but just a, a typical con. I just right. love going, walking the halls, looking at all the stuff, checking out the celebs on the panels. I love that kind of stuff. And I know all of us are here in this window, all four of us, Lindsay, Mike, and myself, and you, Michael, you're kind of the huge part of that as well. We love that. That's a driving force for us. That's who we are. That's, that's, the, uh, that's the essence of what we are as a creative and as a pop culture historian, a pop culture mm -hmm. enthusiast. And yeah. uh, so, you know, on, on that, I say all that to say this, Michael, is there anything that you foresee in the future that as the industry is learning to adapt, is there anything that you can see new coming out of this than things that we have never seen before from the industry? That's a big one. It's a good question. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, see, you, you picked up what I put down. I see what uh, you did there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I look at it this way. Movies and, and television have been impacted right now, uh, mm. whether temporarily and whether or not they can, whether they can uh, heal the limp, because there's going to be a limp after they get walking again, and, and it's going to take some time, right? Yeah. In the meantime, we just heard the news that, and I'll, I'm going to connect this so it doesn't sound as random as it's going to sound. Cobra Kai has decided to move off of YouTube and move to either Netflix or Hulu or Amazon Prime or some other streaming platform. What? I'm actually and kind it, of excited about that. Yeah, and as, <laughs> at, for, for season three. And as part of that, it, the, the business analysts were saying, well, YouTube's ambitions to be a, uh, a video streaming monthly premium service like a Netflix, you know, a Netflix competitor or mm. Hulu competitor seem to have not materialized. Mm. And so Cobra Kai is looking for uh, more suitable ground for what it does. And I sat back and, and had this discussion with some friends uh, who are also YouTubers when, when that announcement happened last week. Uh, wasn't online or they were just, you know, Facebook Messenger. And I said, well, YouTube during this lockdown has been very, very uh, successful from a content creator's perspective because yeah. we have, and I, I don't mean this expression the way it sounds, but we all have a relatively captive audience. And this is the moment where YouTube, which was born with the concept of user-generated content. YouTube did not start as a music video hub or a place to put up brand new television shows. It was for people like you and I to create our own content because Hollywood wouldn't give us a platform. Mm. And that was where our success came from. And that's where YouTube's success came from. Mm -hmm. That was the whole thing. So then when Google bought YouTube, they started trying to change what YouTube prioritized and it yep. made a lot of people upset. Well, now YouTube has not really been impacted by 
what's happened. It's, as a matter of fact, all of its benefits have been seen. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I don't think Google's you know close to considering shuttering us. But maybe much like Comic Con, uh, Google will reconsider what its priorities for YouTube are mm. uh, because because there is no. I'll I'll say this and I'll be quiet. There is no. There are competitors in the video street premium streaming market, Netflix, Hulu, there was Sling TV. I think it's still around. There's Amazon Prime, yeah. right? But no, none of those guys or ladies, depending on who runs them, apologies, none of them are doing what YouTube is capable of doing, which is the user-generated content. Yeah. So in that respect, YouTube is still the only real game in town unless you want to go to Vimeo and pay for the privilege every month, which yeah, nobody does. No. Yeah. So. Well, that's a really, you know, interesting concept. And I, I, it goes back to what we were talking about with San Diego Comic-Con. They have a season where they can just kind of readjust, reassess. And I think coming out of this, the industry, industries, as we know it, is going to be more stronger and more. I'll give you an example. Our local, um, cinematic company here in Orlando and in, in Central Florida is called Epic Theaters. Uh-huh. All right, so that's the brand. And they have been trying to figure out a way to get people connected to where everybody can watch a movie together. So the CEO who lives in, um, if I'm not mistaken, he lives in Daytona Beach. He's like, well, why don't we just figure out a way to bring the projectors outside of the theater and project it on the backside of the theater and have people drive up and turn their dial to a an, an FM radio station, and they're hearing the whole cinematic thing in their did car. Somebody Hello? just did uh, somebody drive-in. They just reinvent the. They drive-in? reinvented the drive-in theater and thought that they had discovered something unique. Like oh, I know, but I mean that's for, sad for you and that? me, though, Michael. For you and me, we grew up in the '80s. We know all about drive-in theaters, and I think Mike, uh, Mike over here, probably you may have had the drive-in theater experience as well to some extent. You oh, we, we still have a fully functional drive-in theater three mi- f- five miles north of here. But, <laughs> so, but so, okay. it's, it's interesting okay. though. It's interesting the, the to see the things that everybody's trying to it's do hilarious. adapt. You a know, it's really ago, funny. A few, year, a few years ago, there was somebody. Somebody took a screen grab of this. I don't remember if it was a tweet or a Facebook status or whatever, but it went micro viral. <laughs> and it was somebody saying, "You know, it would be a really great idea. You know, it'd be a really great idea." It said. If there was a place where you could go and just like borrow a book instead of having to buy it, you could just borrow it. Yeah, yeah, no, no. This was was several years ago. I'll I'll try and find it and send it to you guys. (laughs) But it was like, and it was everybody was going (laughs) like, like Hmm. um, that's called a library. Yes. And so that's what I thought of just now. I'm like, you want to look at the guy and go, that's 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 a drive-in theater. Yeah. But here's here's the thing. It's really (laughs) crazy. Have you ever seen Back to the Future Part Three? No, (laughs) no, you haven't. Well, you might want to. (laughs) Um, But it's really funny though because who my my first impression was who are the ad wizards that came up with this one and why are they charging $20 per vehicle per family to see right. movies that are from yesteryear because nothing's new. Right. They can't show anything new. Yeah. It's just really interesting. And mm-hmm. it's just, but there's going to get some flops, but there's, I think it's going to be some really cool concrete stuff coming out of this as well. Oh yeah. And I'm, I'm just really excited to, to see the industry, how it would adapt when, when cons return. And people flock to the comic book shop to to get their subs. And 
it's kind of sad. I, three shops here in Central Florida within 10 mile radius of my house had to file bankruptcy during this time. And I know two of those shops owners personally. Uh, and it's just really hard to see them because, you know, they're, they're common folk. They yeah. just want to have a comic book shop and live out their dream of saying, Hey, one day Do I own a comic shop, yeah. you know, and I wanted to have a place where kids could come in and just be like, wow, look at that. Uh-huh. And now everything's folded up. And at, last time I saw it, they were like trying to sell all of their like spinner things. Oh, for the, the, I was just like, Oh man, this is heartbreaking racks. to see this. Yeah. But, but they can still sell their inventory online. Like they can yes. try and, you know, that's one of the things I will say about somebody that has an inventory of tangible product, like a toy seller or a comic book seller. Yeah. They might have to shutter their brick and mortar and go through those headaches. Yeah. And that's horrible, but they still have commodities. They mm. can sell. I have been getting yes. message. I've been getting messages from people uh, over the last not not the last two months, but probably more like the last five weeks, because mm-hmm. as as people were in lockdown longer and started to realize their job might be at stake and stuff, I've gotten messages from people at least ten times saying, "So, how many subscribers do you have to have before YouTube will pay you some ad revenue?" <laughs> I'm going, "Oh no, they're oh, like man. they 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 want to start a YouTube channel because they need an alternative income stream right now, and I feel for them." Like yeah. I really do, but it's like, dude, you need like seven to 10,000 or something like that. I don't even remember what it is at this point because they've, they've changed the rules after I was already over the, the line. Yeah. So I yeah. didn't, you know, and, and I sit back and I go, the people on YouTube right now who have already put the work into the channels for the last, some people get to a hundred thousand subscribers in two years. Other people like myself are in my eighth year and I'm still crawling towards it, but point being is that it's the people from the last you know three to ten years that are able to rely on youtube as a possibility everybody else who's just trying to jump into the game late it's like oh i i I just feel so bad you know yeah yeah it's it's like my cousin um who's who was supposed to be here tonight but he had a little bit of a family thing austin you've met austin before michael um he you know his content that he does on um his channel, which is the Burke Nader, um, Austin Burke uh, film review. He, he started out so low, but he started out like five years ago mm-hmm. and he's yeah. been, produ- he produces, I think the, the, the key to the thing about YouTube is producing c- good content consistently. Consistent. Yeah. And if you can yeah. create good content consistently and do that in a, in a pattern that will allow the trajectory of your stream to increase, and then when people subscribe, they got this whole back catalog to rewatch. Right. That's where that stuff will start to come in. But now if you're coming in and you're expecting to hit it, you know, the ground running with a hundred thousand in two months, good luck. Yeah. Not going to happen unless right. you have some, unless you're a celebrity, you're already, it's not going to happen. You know, well, I, I, I think about John Krasinski with some big news, you know, here's this guy who created a YouTube channel and with literally overnight had over a million, some million subscribers and something like that not going yeah. to happen for the no. He also had person. some corporate help, too. That wasn't just all him. Yeah, had, right. a, little, had a little nudge from a little. C- yeah, NBC, yeah. I think, or something like that. I've, I've considered, like, trying to figure out, like, some sort of just ridiculous gimmick. I admit it. Like, yeah. I sit back and I, the, 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 the silliest one I had was recently where I said, you know what? What if I just started doing all of my videos with my hand on fire? <laughs> 
but I never, but I never addressed it. Like I never, like I'm sitting here and I'm like, the just hand nonchalantly is just, having like, a conversation. Yeah. Like my hand is just on fire and I'm holding it, you know, like this so that it doesn't catch my hair or whatever. And oh. I'm like, Hey guys, today we're going to be talking about Ghostbusters line from Playmobil. And then I'm going to be like, here's the, the firehouse and here's the Ecto one. <laughs> and the whole time people like, is he going to address the fact that his hand is on fire? And I just never do. Just and they're never. like, that was, that was crazy. You got to check this out. There's this guy. And he reviewed like the Ghostbusters toys, but his hand is on fire. Like the whole time, you know, I've, I've thought about being cheap like that. Yeah. But. Hey, I, I, I would, I'll give you a like. If it makes you feel better. I would, I would totally give you at least a like. I don't know. I might even slam that subscribe button. Oh, I'm, click I'm, the bell. Click yeah. the bell. Yeah, click the bell. Oh, well, I, well, listen, guys, as we as we wrap this thing up, I want to allow Mike over here next door to me here to to kind of uh, facilitate. Mike, is there any last questions that you have for Michael French uh, as we get ready to wrap things up? Um, I just uh, I just have a side. It's uh, kind of a side, not really a joke, a side thing. But have you uh, d destroyed your entire stockpile of Tim Tams? Yes. <laughs> uh, I have been I have been uh, foraying, as they say, ah. into the honey flavored ones that were sent to me from one of my friends in Australia. One of those people that apparently doesn't exist. Mm. Uh, and uh, they don't sell the honey Tim Tam variety over here in the British food section. It is a, it is definitely a, you know, from the place where Tim Tams are prolific. Um, so yeah, I've been nibbling on those and they are quite delectable. I will say. So you have a Tim Tam problem there, Michael? I think. Uh, he is I, tempted by the Tim Tam. He's tempted think, by Tim Tam. I think it's not fair if you haven't encountered tim tams to assume you know what i'm going through oh i know what I tim think... tams are i there's epcot here at universe uh, at disney world I, can't really uh -huh. say Universal. I cannot claim to have experienced such a thing so okay. well, well it's a it's a little candy treat and uh comes in multiple flavors and varieties uh think yeah. think pez but in the not not so much chalky but in the they're form about, of a they're, british they're like chocolate they're chocolate like um Imagine if an Oreo was was chocolate wafer with chocolate cream in the middle and it had a chocolate coating on the outside and it just was kind of crunchy like an Oreo, but it was didn't taste like, you know, chemicals after you ate it. Like it's just this beautiful, moussey kind of just, oh, God, I want a Tim Tam now. Um, I want a Tim Tam now. Oh, I don't know about man. you, but I really want a Tim Tam. And, and I might want a cigarette too. I don't know. <laughs> it's it is a it is an amazing amazing treat. And there, look, my favorite Say candy. Drugs, kid. Yeah, um, when I when I when I you know went back to England in September, all I wanted was their soft serve ice cream cones that I remembered from childhood, the Mister Whippy. Mm. And in the meantime, I was able to re-experience the double decker from Cadbury, and the Tim Tams, and Oh, you know, there's a reason in Harry Potter that the candy thing is such a part of the plot. You know, oh. the, the because British kids love their candy and the British love confections. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's such a big part of the Harry Potter stories. Is, you know, it's part of their culture and they do it well. They do. Yes. So. Don't they call them slims or uh, what? what is the, the British terminology? They call them. It's not crackers or wafers. It's it's either called oh. slims or biscuits, isn't it? Yeah. Oh my gosh, those look yummy. Okay, I I literally just Google searched images, and I'm like, all right, 
game on. I'm in. Let's do um, this. Yeah, they're good. They're well, I good. will tell you, Michael, if you're if you're at Epcot at Disney World, they do sell Tim Tams there. Mm. Just a little, just a little uh, sidebar for I, you. Do I give the mouse money? Like pay pay $150 to go in to buy a couple. Yeah, well, I, I can get original flavor and dark chocolate at Publix. Oh. In, in the British food section. They have, you know, the British food section. Huh. And so I can get those Cheers, there. Mate. But but yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, there you go. But, the, but, but say, you know, like the honey. Or, <laughs> Do you like um, the honey? There's sort of the ones with sort of cranberry. In the middle, oh, that's a good like right a, there, like mate. That's for ras sure. Raspberry or cranberry sort of, uh, sort of flavor. And put they, something they in your pencil, eh? Yeah, they don't sell those here. They're, no. they're not here. You got to get those overseas. It's all bollocks, you know. I mean, yeah, seriously. Uh, uh, Whatever. I, I just when I see when I see an unopened tray of Tim Tams, I'm chuffed. I mean, it is. I'm just chuffed. <laughs> it doesn't take a lot to chuff you either, does it? Okay. Right. White chocolate. Amazon. Right. Amazon is is dangerous, friends. It's yeah. awesome. It's awesome. <laughs> it's bloody real, really. mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Double I just cut. Developed the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, listen, we're going to wrap things up here. Michael, thank you so much for taking a little time out of your Sunday sure. night to just come and and yak with us for about a half an hour, forty five minutes. It's always a pleasure, buddy. Same. And I believe this is maybe your fourth or fifth time on Pop X, dude. You're, I don't. I don't even count it. It, It's so. I'm just, seventy-five. I'm just calling. It done. I, I, I get. I get the invite. I'm. I'm there. You throw up that bat signal, and I'll. I'll just come on. Does he in. get the official badge of guest host at this? point? I think he does. I think he can come in any dang time he wants to. At this point, I'm just going to start sending him the links, and he will show up whenever I'll he wants. Just crash. Just I'll cra just crash, and I don't even say anything. I'll even keep my mic off. Just, just, just let your hand be on fire, Mike. This window will just pop just up, there. and I'll just be like, <laughs> and everyone in the chat will be like, "What's up with the dude on the top left?" <laughs> but fire? what's even funnier is if none of we us will acknowledge never address you. it. If none of us acknowledge you, no. <laughs> you might just get that invite. So. I know, right? Now I got to figure out how to put my hand on fire without yeah. hurting myself. Couple kitchen mittens and some kerosene will go a long way. <laughs> Yeah, getting a little warm here. I think I gotta sign out. Oh God! <laughs> oh man, that's not good at all. Especially with all that plastic awesome. behind you. you coming back. <laughs> What's right. that? I said you're awesome. I appreciate you coming back. Oh, anytime, man. Oh. Anytime. All right, anytime. so we're gonna wrap this thing up here right quick. And uh, Michael, you're you're welcome to hang out if you want to. If you want to hop out, you more than you can. It's, it's, Are you kicking me out? I'm not kicking you out. I'm not gonna is do that. that. The, is that the way PopX cast? I'm not works doing now? it, man. It's like Studio Fifty Four. It's like, look, we appreciate you. You're kind of attractive, but you got to go because this entourage gotta, people gotta have those Tim Tams. Gotta, <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Anyway, uh, moving. On. I have I've lost the plot now. I don't even know what I'm doing. All right, so we're part of a newly Excellent. formed creative group known as the Creative Multiverse. For more great media content, artwork, and and more, find us over on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the Creative Multiverse. If you are a creative and you produce content and have a talent, we want to see it, and we would like for you to share it. Connect with us on social media, and you can also find us on Facebook, Tumblr, Twitter, and Pinterest, all at PopXCast. Comments and suggestions are welcome via email, popxcast at gmail.com. Also, for future and past shows, visit our official website, www.popxcast.com. And Lindsay, you want to sign us off? Absolutely. Sign us off, Lindsay. Stop looking at the Tim Tams. She's looking at the Tim Tams. She's looking at the dang Tim Tams. I'm not. I'm not. I promise. All right, guys. 
Hats off to the team. Great job to everyone. Round of applause. Cheers. Make sure you check out all of our good stuff on the internets. Yes. That's it for this episode. That's it. We will see you next time. All right. We out of here. Bye. Thanks for listening to Pop X Cast. As you're enjoying listening or viewing our shows, please consider clicking on the subscribe button to our feed and click the get notifications buttons so you don't miss out on great future content. Like our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash popxcast and on Instagram at popxcast. And be sure to drop us an email anytime at popxcast at gmail.com. For more great content, check out the Creative Multiverse, where science, art, and imagination come together with artistic talents. The Creative Multiverse can be found on Facebook groups under the same name. We'll see you next time. Get your geek on.